What's going on, everybody? It is Jason Jaber Goldstein here for another episode of The Bird's Eye View. Now, listen, you know, it's nothing against people, but I know listeners, they tend to, they tend to prefer an angry, upset Jaybird. And, you know, it has nothing to do with me being miserable, but, you know, sad content and angry content, that's what, uh, that's what people tend to like to see better because, you know, it's funnier. And, oh, man, am I angry? Am I upset? And this episode is going to be all Yankees. All Yankees. You know, you know. a quick quick thing. Uh, I'm, I'm not even going to do top five this episode. It's going to be all Yankees. I could touch on the Olympics, but we already suck at basketball. The USA is probably not even going to get a medal this year, whatever. Uh, yeah, Olympics have been cool. Uh, skating has been cool. I watched some of that. Uh, swimming, Katie Ledecky stunningly loses. But, yeah. That's really Olympics. Like I, I'm gonna talk Yankees on this episode. Uh, the long-awaited interview with the Gary Sanchez resurgence bandwagon is gonna happen today. On today's episode, there's no Yankee game. They have an off day, so there's nothing for me to be like, oh, I'm tired. I'm gonna go to sleep. Uh, exhausted. Blah blah blah. No, he's finally gonna come on the podcast. Really looking forward to having him. Because uh, you know he he's gonna shit optimism on this on the podcast. Uh, I'm going to be more of the negative side, not not too negative, like you see some of Yankees Twitter, but uh, I'm definitely going to be a lot less positive than uh, Gary Sanchez resurgence bandwagon is. Uh, but first, man, just, uh, what a horrible, horrible weekend. You have Friday's or Thursday's game, I mean, I talked about it on the last episode, Thursday's game was the blown lead by Chad Green in the ninth inning, and all of a sudden... You go from potentially being up one nothing in this series with your ace on the mound the next day to being down one nothing. I think Garrett Cole just doesn't have his best start. Oh uh, yeah, he wasn't bad by any means, but Cole just he wasn't fully locked in. Had some struggles here and there, and then eventually they broke the really the Red Sox broke through with that Rafael Devers three run shot to make it a three to one game. Uh, he later on hits a two run shot, and just from there really. Red Sox were out ahead this this entire game. The offense was lifeless this weekend. That Saturday or that Friday game, and it was not fun. And then the offense was lifeless all of Saturday. And Nathan Avaldi was dealing. It's a shame because Jordan Montgomery, or excuse me, Jamison Tyone had yet another fantastic start. He gave up three runs, one of them being earned, the other two being on a Ruggio door errors. And it just seemed like, here we go, Avoldi is dealing, I'm kind of just, I'm almost about to take a nap, I was pretty hungover for my buddy's birthday, I'm just laying there watching the game, just like, just like, oh my god, have plans later in the night, and I say, yep, I'm gonna have to wait till after this game ends, because the game is already over. Then the eighth inning happens, and it was like, maybe the best inning of the Yankee baseball all year, which obviously kind of became a wash after, but... Yeah, there's bloop singles. It's not just home run, home run, home run, but the ball is dropping for some bloop singles here and there. Uh, part of the dimensions of that Fenway Park field. So lots of breaks the Yankees catch, and sure enough, we tack on four runs in the bottom of the eight, or in the top of the eighth inning, and all of a sudden, the Yankees the Yankees have life. 
from being dominated and shut down this entire game to, to actually having life with those four runs. You know, it's Gardner, it's Florio, it's Rugi coming up with a double. Uh, Glaber, who's been struggling, coming up with a big hit late to give us the lead. Uh, really, he, he was the one who delivered the go-ahead hit. And from there, the Yankees' offense all of a sudden had a bit of something. And it was 4-3. to three. Uh, Thank God, you know. We big big thing about us has been, oh man, we traded Ottavino for this, we traded Ottavino for that. And look, he's been dominating for them. Well, it was the second game in a row we finally got after Ottavino, and it's now the third appearance. It's now the third. He's now given up five earned runs in just uh, two and two-thirds inning pitch against the Yankees. So, yeah, maybe we tend to have Ottavino's number this year, which is good. Uh, more scares from the Yankees, though. Eighth inning, Loisica. First, you know, not, I'm always super confident in Johnny Loisica. Johnny Lasagna, a beast out of the bullpen for the Yankees this year. But I'll be honest, I, yeah, I'm nervous that he's thrown once in 15 days with COVID. Then he allows the two hits, and it's like, oh, great, Loisica doesn't have it. Eventually, we get out of that eighth inning, and we bring in Chapman. And oh, boy, as he always does, Chappy does not make it easy, does he? We're going up against the top of the lineup now. Chappie gets the first two outs. Uh, then, all of a sudden, Renfro walks. Christian Vasquez Hits a ground roll double, and honestly, we were lucky that that ball bounced into the stands. If that ball does not bounce into the seats, Renfro scoring, and this is a tie game easily. Uh, so then eventually, Kike Hernandez. Oh, then Kike Hernandez comes to the plate, and Kike Hernandez, the guy who killed us on Thursday, and who eventually ends up killing us Sunday. I'm there, just oh no, no, no. Chapman gets strike the strike three. We escape that jam, but oh man, e even like. Even with all this and that win, Red Sox fans could still like had reasons to laugh at us. You had the bottom of the eighth where the final out, Greg Allen and Esteban Florio collide into each other. A near disaster there. I mean, Allen ends up making the catch, but if Allen or Florio ends up making the catch, excuse me, but if Florio and, and Allen collide into each other and they drop it, all of a sudden, uh, the Red Sox are honestly probably leading this game. Then we go to the ninth, just getting some more run support. Florio walks. Uh, Rob Brantley hits another fielder's choice. And this was just bad. LeMahieu hits, nearly hits one out of the park. A deep fly out. Rob Brantley just continues to run and run the bases. All the way at third gets thrown out in just embarrassing fashion. And, and they're just more silly super mistakes from the Yankees that nearly came back to bite them. Some of these mistakes did come back to bite them in Sunday's game. I mean, first off... You have Sunday, Domingo Herman dealing seven innings of no-hit baseball. The Yankees leading four to nothing, and all of a sudden it's looking like okay, the way Domingo's pitching, uh, the way the offense has looked, the offense has looked pretty decent today. We might actually come away with a split and salvage the series. The way we lost Game One, the way we lost Game Two. The way we looked for most of Game Three. To be able to split this series would have been truly. Truly incredible for the Yankees. And again, Domingo's dealing. Arguably the best start of his career. His curveball is nasty. Everything's going right for him. But but then the issue kind of came up. So Domingo was at 90, 89 pitches at the end of the eighth at the end of the seventh inning. And he hasn't thrown more pit more than that was the most pitches he's thrown since I believe May. 
And so Harman never got his count that high up. And the question becomes, okay, are we gonna are we gonna uh, let him go for the no hitter or not? Gives up a leadoff double to Verdugo, and after that, immediately pull him out. Makes sense. And oh boy, from the eighth inning, do things fall apart here? Uh, so my personal preference was honestly to have Chad Green pitch the eighth and maybe Loisica for the ninth. Uh, but I was still worried about Loisica. And and look, I mean, Johnny Loisica has been the most reliable reliever in the Yankees' pen this year. But I was definitely nervous bringing him in uh, second second day in a row, just coming off the COVID IL, having only thrown thrown once in 15 days. Really was nervous about bringing him in there, and clearly it did not work out for Boone. Lewisica does not have his stuff, and I'm not going to get on Lewisica for, uh, you know, because Lewisica has been so damn good all year. I'm going to get on Boone a little because although Lewisica has always been in that eighth inning, maybe because of that COVID issue, you should not be bringing him in. And then after that, after he faces the three batters, do not let him in to face Kike Hernandez. Don't understand that. You still have a runner. You still have a runner on first base. The double play is very, very possible. But nope, instead, here we go. It's a double. So we bring in Zach Britton with runners on second and third. Which makes no sense because Zach Britton's a ground ball pitcher and there's zero outs. So, like, what, what what's he supposed to do there? Like, that's that just not Zach Britton's role. Uh, Zach Britton, if again, with the runner on first, you bring Britton in. He's the ground ball king. He could get potentially get that double play ball. Get someone to ground into, I don't know, because we had a decent ground ball in that second and third, but obviously the infield was playing way, pretty deep. Glaber does not have a chance to make the play at home. We make the play at first, and Britain looked good in that inning. Arguably Britain's best inning of the season, but it doesn't matter because it all went the waste because Loisica struggled, Boone left Loisica in too long, and then Boone, it just doesn't make sense bringing Britain, a ground ball pitcher who pitches the contact with runners on second and third and nobody out. And if you're going to do it, the infield needs to be in to throw it home. I, I just don't understand the, the defensive prowess there. And then when Xander Bo- honestly, another thing that's dumb is with a runner on third and one out, Xander Bogart is up. And I get, you don't want, maybe don't want to pitch the Devers. But all, needs to do, all Bogarts needs to do is get a sack fly, and that's exactly what he does. I'd rather have Bogarts on first, especially with Zach Britton. Okay, if we have Chapman in there, if we have Chad Green, maybe you don't do the walk because those guys are more strikeout guys. But with Zach Britton on the mound, you have to, you should intentionally walk Bogarts there, try to set up that double play at the very least. I mean, we already blew that 4 nothing lead in embarrassing fashion. At the very least, you're coming out of there in a tie game. Hopefully, or best case scenario, I guess. But in the end, nope. Sack fly. After being no hit through seven innings, the Red Sox stun us. Stun the Yankees by scoring five runs in the eighth inning. And honestly, at this point, like I keep hearing worst loss of the season, worst loss of the season. I don't even know if that is. We've had so many of these games that could qualify as worst loss of the season. At this point, I can't pick just one. We had two of this series alone, which is utterly embarrassing. Should have won game one, should have won game four, but this team's inability to close out games continues and continues to haunt them. We saw it against the Astros. We saw it against the Twins, the Angels, the Mets, the Tigers. So many of these games the Yankees have blown. And yet, yeah, people would say, oh, you know, oh, but, oh, yeah, you know, they don't blow these games. They have, uh, they'd be honestly a lot better of a team. Yeah, that is true. But guess what? They blew those games. Real good teams 
do not blow those games. And that's one thing. You would say, oh, yeah, but, you know, oh, if they don't blow this, this is their record. You know, that's a lot better than it says. The good teams don't blow that. Good teams don't blow, consistently blow four-run leads. Okay, if we have an occasional one, two-run lead in the ninth inning, whatever, that happens. Four-run leads? Yeah, it happens every now and then. Doesn't happen multiple times in the season. Let's see. There was, I mean, the Twins, we, I don't even, we were up by a ton in that game. Blew it in the ninth. 7-2 against the Astros. We were up 4-0, four, four no-hitting the Red Sox to 8. We were up 10-5 to five on the Angels. Uh, then there was the Tigers, who honestly should not be allowed to walk off to the goddamn Tigers. Uh, but it's, it's, you know, like th- those are four of those games. It's just more and more of this continues to pile on, and it's just been, it's been rough. And look, like, I'm not one of those fans that right after this series, I'm going to be, season's over, playoffs are over, we have no chance. The Yankees are still just two back of the loss column, but it just they do not look like a playoff team whatsoever. The, the playoff teams don't consistently find ways to blow these games. Uh, playoff teams tend to have better consistently hitting. I just, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, not, I'm not here. I'm not going to give up on this season just yet, especially when they're just two back in the loss column. But, the, every, but as the season goes on, it's harder and harder to have confidence in this team. Now, I'm not here saying that this team is going to make the playoffs, uh, but I'm not here going to rule them out, uh, certainly. Right now, I have very, uh, it's very difficult for me to imagine them making the playoffs. Can they turn it around and go on a run? Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the wild card's in striking distance. The division's not going to happen. Uh, at this point, just try to aim for that wild card where you're two spots back. But at this point, like, I really don't know if this team is good enough uh, no evidence of any traction at this point following Yankees trade offer for Rocky shortstop Trevor Story, according to John Heyman. Uh, I guess that's a good segue because I sort of did finish that rant. And we're going to talk a little bit about the Yankees and moves they can make. Uh, so they made a move today for, uh, what's this pitcher's name that they got from the Pirates? Uh, I'm, bl- I'm already blanking out his name. Uh, Clay Holmes. And I'll be honest, I don't know much about this guy. Now, I don't love the trade. We're getting a guy with a career ERA over five and ERA in the high fours this year. Like, I just, I I, I don't know. Uh, I know Yankees, there's a huge portion of Yankees Twitter and just Yankee fans that are flipping out about getting rid of Hoy Jun Park in this trade. And yeah, Hoy Jun Park, uh, he's had a good season in AAA, but like, he's not one of our top prospects. There's other guys ahead of him. Uh, there's other prospects ahead of him that play the same positions. And scouts say his ceiling is probably just a bench player, maybe a better version of Tyler Wade, which, I mean, anyone's a better version of Tyler Wade, face it. Uh, so yeah, I'm upset. I'm a little upset that we traded him for this reliever I've never heard of. Apparently, he has pretty good ground ball stuff. Uh, his analytical numbers are lower than what his ERA is, including his expected ERA. Uh, that being said, he still walks a ton of batters. Uh, control's been an issue. And I don't know if we need a pitcher who has control issues. Uh, I hope this trade works out. Hopefully it could be one of those where the Pirates trade someone who ends up becoming a superstar once again. But, man, this is just... I, 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 I'm just Again, I'm not mad about trading Hoijun Park because uh, I think fans overvalue him a ton. 
but I'm more just, you know, I don't know if I like this guy that we're going to get. Granted, I don't know what other relievers we're going to get on the market. I mean, Craig Kimbrell's available, but his price is going to be way too high for the Yankees. And if we're going to do a big package, there's much other pressing needs than getting a closer. Uh, you know, I mean, the two biggest names that we've heard, you know, I just mentioned Trevor Story, Joey Gallo. S- seems like we might do one or the other. Uh, my preference is Gallo just simply because we need a left-handed bat. And that's it. Story adds just another right-handed bat. And Story, I think, would be fantastic in Yankee Stadium. I think he would be de- great defensively on shortstop. I think he could have a similar DJ-like resurgence. Uh, I think him and DJ, you know, being close friends and having that chemistry from Colorado together, you know they were, apparently they were best friends in Colorado. So that definitely bodes well for the Yankees. Uh, and again, Trevor Story's bat in the Bronx would be huge. Apparently, if he played all his games this year in the Bronx, he'd have 27 home runs, which is a stat I saw. Uh, obviously, you know, he's not going to have the 27 home runs. Uh, if he did, because not all the games are played at Yankee Stadium and he's facing different pitchers. But he's had a, he's a good player story. He's a great defender, as is Joey Gallo. Again, I probably prefer him because of the left-handed bat. He has a very, very low grounding in the double double play rate, which is something that this team needs, uh, guys who don't ground in the double plays, because really the majors in that, and we love grounding the double plays, it seems like. Uh, Gallo can also play all three outfielder positions, so uh, judging a day off, he can slot over and right, uh, he can potentially slot over and left, and or center, uh, just gives us that left-handed bat, and especially a power bat, where left-handers would absolutely just rake in the Bronx. Uh, you know, the thing is, obviously, outfield's a bigger need to help. Uh, if we, I, I assume if we trade for Trevor Story, that means Voigt goes a DH and Stan goes the outfield. So I guess, in a way, that gives her outfield a help. But, I don't know, I'd rather get the outfielder and Joey Gallo. Uh, you know, if we can get both somehow. I know Gallo's going to be more expensive because he's a controllable, controllable piece. I've heard whole different things on Trevor Story and... Uh, you know, what would it cost to get him? Although apparently the Yankees seem to be the favorite for him. And the Yankees seem to be the favorite for Joey Gallo. At least from what I'm seeing, it's between just the Yankees and Blue Jays for Joey Gallo. Uh, and I think the Yankees might have the prospects to get it done, but do, will they have the urgency that Toronto does is the question. Uh, and the Rockies, I've just heard that they're the front runner for it. The Padres trade of Adam Frazier, a fantastic trade for the Padres, by the way. Uh, really takes him out of the running for Joey Gallo. As apparently they'll to get to a starting pitcher. Uh, just, I mean, yeah, this was just, it, it was, it was, it was rough, but look, another thing with the Yankees, at the end of the day, we didn't have Judge, we didn't have Stan, uh, we didn't have, excuse me, uh, sorry about that, I had a little, uh, a little mistake, for all the struggles and disappointments that was this weekend, at the end of the day, the Yankees without Aaron Judge, their best player, Gio Urshela, who's been one of their more consistent players all year, their starting first baseman, uh, one of, their, one of their most reliable relievers, if not their most reliable reliever. And they still managed to go 5-4 and four in that nine-game stretch, which is a positive to take away from that. But the way they lose those games, it just it's so hard to really give it a positive spin. Obviously, getting Judge back will be huge. We just got Gio back on Sunday. That'll be huge having him. He made an impact in the game already. So, I mean, I just hope, I really hope that the Yankees continue to turn things around. I wouldn't even say continue after what happened this week. I hope the Yankees can, can turn things around. It all starts this week in Tampa, but um, that, it's hard to be optimistic with this team, man. It really is. 
and just like over the, the things over the weekend, Stanton, I mean, he looked absolutely atrocious over the weekend. I mean, he had a hit in all the games, but he had some miserable at-bats coming up in big situations. You know, I mentioned that we had some missed opportunities that last game. We have the bases loaded with one out. You're our guy, Stanton. You're the you're the best player you're the best player on this team with Aaron Judge out. Strikes out embarrassingly. He swung on multiple pitches in the dirt, multiple pitches inside. Just really, really awful at bats from John Carlos Stanton. Bats that you know I've never been one to question that contract, but bats that really make you question that contract that, that the Marlins gave him and why the Yankees chose to take it on. I mean, Glaber looked fine. Gary had a. Gary had a decent series. I mean, he obviously he got hurt on Friday, uh, missed Saturday's game just because it, it was just back spasms. But it seemed like every time he was at bat trying to tr- trying to swing, he was always going far and then just in the warning track. Although he did have a triple. Uh, Greg Allen made some plays. At- Florial looked horrible on the defensive side. Uh, I'm not gonna get fully on Florial's case for the defense. Everyone's saying, oh. You know, he's never going to pan out on defense, just another Clint. People reacting on Twitter. And that's fast overreacting Yankee fans. You know, he's a 23-year-old center fielder, uh, barely played in the majors as a whole, and now all of a sudden he has to start in Fenway Park, which is a very confusing place to play. Uh, Odor had a great series, coming up with big, timely hits for this team. He's been really huge for this team with the guys being out. I mean, I've come to really trust Ruggi Odor in these situations, and who would have thought? Uh, but yeah, that's really it. Just again, uh, there, there's a lot of help this team needs. If we need a bat, I really want Joey Gallo. I'm hoping we can also land Trevor Story, which would be massive if we can acquire both those guys. Uh, really would be, honestly. I mean, a lineup of DJ, Glaber, Story, Geo, Gary, Stanton, Judge, Gallo, Voigt. It's very, very, very enticing, although I'm sure it'll disappoint the way this team has. And maybe even get a pitcher, or I guess we're probably good with getting bullpen guys, but man, we need to make a move. Now for you Yankee optimists out there, I'm very excited to announce that I'm going to have the ultimate Yankee optimist out there coming on right now, Gary Sanchez, Resurgence Bandwagon. So uh, Gary Sanchez, Resurgence Bandwagon, never got back to me. He was supposed to come on, but when I was messaging him saying it's time, I guess he may have fallen asleep or something, pulling in me and falling asleep early. But I do have another fantastic guest joining us, live from New York City, Justin Butterman, a.k.a. Butters. Butters, how are we doing? I wish I could say I'm better. The team we root for is a disgrace, kind of ruining my summer. But besides that, uh, I can't can't complain. The Knicks had a good year. The Giants are on the rise, so that I'm optimal for, but Boone and Cashman are losers. Uh, yeah, I mean, so so for the listeners out there, I know I said, you know, I was going to have a Yankee optimist on uh, in Gary Sanchez, but resurgence bandwagon, but since he couldn't come on, we now have a, the opposite on the opposite end of the spectrum, a big Yankee pessimist. So honestly, Butters, I'll let you take the floor here and just Go on one of your Yankee rants because I know me and you rant to each other a lot. Um, yeah, so I'll start with the fucking Boston Massacre, the second Boston Massacre in the last three fucking years. Um, Aaron Boone is a fucking problem. I don't know how he's still there. If George was still with us, he would have been fired on the bus after the fucking Houston series. 
Honestly, if you told me that losing to the Red Sox was bad, you know what's the only thing fucking worse? Losing the fucking Astros in another horrible fashion to nonetheless Jose freaking Altuve. Not even wearing a wire this time. Just a clean walk-off home run. Embarrassing. This guy does no feel for the team. Fucking Cashman traded, did the most fuck-you trade ever. I mean, everyone in the world knows he's getting fired in October. I don't see how he doesn't know that. This is nothing short of a fuck-you Phil Jackson draft the Frank Nilakina pick. Another GM who's clearly on the outs, who was allowed to stay around for a crucial moment, a Knicks lottery pick. Why is Cashman allowed to be making trades right now? When he's clearly out the door. Everyone on this planet knows he's getting fired. Why is he allowed to be making trades that potentially control the future of this team five, ten years from now? Like, what the fuck is going on? Hal Steinbrenner, his dad was a fucking winner. His dad was the GOAT. George was the GOAT. Hal is a, he's a fucking bum, right? This team to the ground. If you look across town, City Field, you have an owner is the exact opposite. Does whatever it takes to win. The Mets are, are probably going to be competitive, spend the money Yankees are spending, and they're probably going to get the free agents because they actually give a shit about winning. All Hal cares about is freaking Wall Street, Goldman Sachs boys getting their tickets. Boone should be fucking... If you walk into the Amazon rainforest and ask a fucking tribe member, is Aaron Boone... Has he been... Like, about Aaron Boone? Has he been fired yet? Like, no, everyone fucking knows he's the worst manager ever. He's a fucking problem. The fucking Lawson, you think? Like, you left him in. You brought in Brooks... Brooks Kepka with his fucking name on Friday. Bro- Brooks Krisky. Brooks Krisky on Friday. Like, what the fuck is this? In, in his... Get him out of there. In, in his... manager of all time. It's the worst Yankees team I've ever seen. I'm, I'm fed up. I agree with you, Butters. I'm fed up, and I I will say that going to Krisky in in Boone's defense, no one in the bullpen was available. Shouldn't have even fucking went to Krisky. Chad Green has to do his fucking job there, because you know I mean Chad Green's well, you been. You know why no one's available? Because he pulls Montgomery <coughs> in a middle grade start, blows through the entire bullpen, goes through like what five guys in four innings. What the fuck is gonna happen? That was that was also their Licky's fault, not getting the job done. I mean, Sesso was great on five pitches, but I mean that was just, that was horrible. That well, I made I blame more of his managing decisions on Sunday. I, I wouldn't say Friday was more or Thursday was more of his fault. Sunday, putting in Lawizica when he's thrown once in fifteen days back to back games, and like yeah, I mean I've never had COVID. Even people have said, oh yeah, it's nothing. Like you're still you're you're, you're sick. And also, why were these guys available? Rollins Chapman, he's making what? He's the highest paid closer in baseball. Am I corrected? Am I wrong? They're not wrong of all time. There's. Do you know about the, the three game rule? You can't pitch three games in a row. Why can't he pitch three games in a row? That's. Did been... Tori ever not pitch Rivera three games in a row? Why can't he pitch three games in a row? He's a what eighty million dollar arm. You pitch every pitch when you need to pitch. Stop beaming these guys. I'm mean, honestly the way he's pitching. I don't want to see him go three days in a row. I just I feel you know like. Okay, but okay, I thought you were talking about the ninth inning. Because I mean, Chapman, I, at this point, like. No, like, I'm okay with the Chad Green move. It didn't work out. Probably should have pulled a little early and was clearing up his stuff. But you go in the 10th inning. When you go in the 10th inning, you have a one run lead. You put in Brooks Christie, Brooks Kepfield, John Rahm, what the fuck his name is. <laughs> it's very obvious. You're playing for 11 innings. You're playing it, not to lose when you put in that guy. You're playing to give up one run, with one run second you put it in. You put in your fucking closer. Who has a probably who's done this before, done it not well a lot of times, but he's done it before. 
situation. You put in your $90 million arm. Fuck your three-game rule. You're playing for your season in Fenway Park. Fuck your three-game rule. You put him in. And he's, not- he's got an 11 ERA. He's never pitched was his 10th ever Major League Baseball game. Like, you put in Chapman. And he, and he also pitched the day before, so like you're putting in a shitty pitcher on back-to-back days. Like that, that just I've honestly lost all anger because at this point, he's just he's not going to get fired. They're, they're not going to fire him mid-season. He's, Why can't they fire? Him? I don't fucking know. George fired Billy Martin. George fired Yogi fucking Berra. I mean, how's how's a pussy at the end of the day? I'm a loser. Only kid, he like, saw my tweet. He saw my tweet the other day. I said, hey, this is Steinbrenner. The reason why your dad was a winner and you are not and probably never will be, fire the fuck out of Aaron Boone. He's a nobody. He's unqualified. You you fired. Can we talk about the fact that they fired a manager who took a team that was supposed to miss the playoffs to game seven LCS against a team that freaking cheated nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. That, but at the time, I never understood the firing of Girardi. And yeah, it's not going well with him in Philly. And they brought in a fucking ESPN TV guy. Who Zero managing experience. You're not talking, it's not like Aaron Boone was an MLB all star, like a generational baseball player. He was a off the bench player with one at bat that was a great at bat, given the Boone home run. But it's not like this guy was Ken Griffey Jr., like, was the one of the best baseball minds as a player. Like, he was an average role player who had one clutch at bat for this team. How many Yankees, but if Aaron Boone wasn't the manager, how many Yankees do you think of before Aaron Boone? He was a nobody. Wait, so sorry, repeat that question? I said if Aaron Boone is never the manager of this team, how many Yankees from that dynasty do you think of before Aaron Boone? Almost all of them. Why like, is he why, what what did he do to earn his job? That's what I don't get. Was I, I mean, I guess he was good on he was good on ESPN. That's really about it. It was good on TV. Where was Warren Posada? He wants to be a manager. He's working down in Miami with Jeter and the coaching staff. I mean, that, that's it. Pettit is a coach is on this team's I don't know, thought leadership board. These guys, like Warren Posada, been a, probably a better manager. Why can't we take Donnie Baseball and pull him from Miami? Or if you're gonna pull a guy from TV, have it be someone who's actually managed before. Don't pull a guy. From ESPN, who's never managed before, or like, like if you're gonna, or if you're gonna hire a rookie manager, get a bench coach from somewhere. Not, I mean, this, I mean, I was, I was okay with the Boone decision at the time, and then you know, 19 it looked good, but the last two years have just been a disaster under him, and I'm sick of the same. Oh yeah, battle through adversity. We've seen this team battle back, like. No, you have not seen this team really battle back from adversity. Any time this team starts to look good, it's one step forward, two steps backwards every single time. Oh, it's the fucking, it's the fucking Scarface. Just when I thought I was out, you pull me back in every fucking time. Every time. I mean, with Cashman, I think Cashman's no better, by the way. As much as I despise Aaron Boone, which is a lot, he's not the fucking only culprit. He's not. I give Cashman some breaks. I mean, obviously in the past he's found some good hidden gems such as Luke Voigt, such as, you know, Chad Green and Loisica. But the thing is, you know, as good as finding the Luke Voigts are or as good as that DJ signing was, you know, Boone's, the thing is Cashman's just assembled a roster of all right-handed guys in a, in a stadium in the, that's... In the best left-hand hitting ballpark in all Major League Baseball. Exactly. Inexcusable. And a lot of these guys hit home runs, and that's okay. But, you know, you might need some guys who are going to 
at least drill the doubles or just, I, I I don't know. It just seems like we I, I like these guys the home run you know home run strikeout. I don't think it's a bad thing, but they just it starts to feel like it's too many of those guys. And then even guys like Glaber Torres tries to become a power hitter when he's more of like I don't know hitting for contact or getting on base with walks. And then when Glaber trying to go for power, he's just not pulling the baseball. I mean, it is sad that this this weekend kind of did overshadow the Glaber Torres resurgence in the last week mm-hmm. or two. He's looked like the Glaber of 2019 in the last month or so, maybe two, three weeks. But, I mean, if if this series went the way it should have went, like winning, there was no reason that they lost three games. They should have won three. They could have fucking swept. They actually could have swept this series. Yeah, they could have. And we should be talking about how Glaber Torres, which the Glaber Torres to both old. You know, if you watched, the, I saw John Boy pointed out, that Glaber Torres popped out to center field and he slams his bat and he said, Glaber's not expecting to get hits. This is the Glaber Torres that we thought we were getting when he came up in 18, when he was hitting the lights out in 19. The guy with 40 home runs as a 21-year-old kid. He's been that guy for the most part in the last two weeks. He had two home runs in, against the Red Sox Yankee Stadium. We should be talking about how Glaber Torres looks like the prospect we thought we were getting again how we just won three out of four in Boston and how, you know, the season was feeling great. But instead, the Yankee fucking Clipper, Aaron Boone, memble's way into this freaking series and fucking booned it up every fucking time. It's just not a new story. And then I can't watch these press conferences anymore saying how hard this team fights for adversity when they choke away, lead after we have to leave. It's ridiculous. And another thing is, too, like, I mean, you know, the way we're reacting, obviously, you know, this team, realistically, they're still only... I think two losses back of the playoffs. They're not making the playoffs. They're not making the playoffs. I mean, well, let, let me... F- no shot. Think of that. They're not... The division is done. One wild card team is going to be Boston or Tampa. You think that this team's better than the Oakland A's? I'm not... I mean, right... I mean, they did take two or three, but let's just listen to... Like, even, even if they do make the playoffs, who, who gives a shit? This team was the clear favorite coming to the American League this year. Who was their biggest threat? Oh, the Astros, oh, maybe the Astros, maybe the fucking White Sox. But no, we were supposed to dominate this American League this year. And instead, we're fighting for a playoff spot. So yeah, even if this team makes the playoffs, they're not going to go on a fucking run. They'll be lucky to make it out of that wild card round you against either Boston or Tampa. They do make that wild card game. They had like, that's a Garrett Cole start. They didn't, fuck, they, didn't win, they didn't even win those. They're like 500 at Garrett Cole starts this year. Yeah, it's the, it's the pen. It's the lack of offense. They are. Jacob DeGrom, they're the Mets with DeGrom in the last three years. Like, they just don't win the Garrett Cole starts. And then you're, you're counting on Montgomery and Domingo Armada to give you big games. Like, it's it's brutal. I mean, Grant, Grant and Montgomery has, but they also just don't give Montgomery run support. I mean, he had five consecutive starts where they had zero runs of support, which is just insane. I mean, that's the Garrett Cole story. It's every fucking story. This team doesn't hit. This team does not hit at all. It is. They were hitting. I mean, given, here's the thing where some people could give Boone credit, which I refuse to do for this reason. So if you watch when that when they before the Red Sox series, they were like what, like eleven and two, mm-hmm. game stretch. You know why? Because they were bunting, playing small ball. They had eight stolen bases in four games at one point when they had eleven in the first two months. I'm pretty sure some some crazy stat like that. Mm-hmm. And they had twenty stolen bases before the COVID Aaron Judge COVID thing. And since then, there's been 11 stolen bases in a week and a half of baseball. And, um, like, here's the thing. Like, yeah, that's how you play baseball. Like, Bunt plays ball ball. Boone refused to do that. But I'm not going to give him credit for doing it now, which is when this team, on May 1st, it was pretty obvious this team couldn't hit a freaking lick. That's when you start bunting. That's when you start stealing. You find ways to win. That's what the Astros did in their runs. That's what the 
Red Sox have been doing all year. That's what the Cubs did in 16. Teams that play small ball and play baseball, sack five, like, that's how you win games. Like, you're, why are you still playing the home run game with a team that can't hit? Well, the, 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 the only time we hit the sack fly is when we have the bases loaded and nobody at it. will go sack fly, then double play, usually. Double play, dude. Like, but with a guy on first and no outs if, if, you're gonna get double, if you have ground ball hitters. It's just not rocket science. I mean, if anyone's on first base and, like, Tyler Wade's up, Tyler Wade should always be bunting with a man on and nobody. Brett Carter. I don't think I see Brett Carter on a bunt this year. No, he did. He, 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 did on, uh, he did on Sunday's game. He had the bunt. Okay, but what about? I know that that that's a bad Why number. He, if he's if just runner on first and no outs, he should bunt every time. He's a one ninety hitter. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not saying. You're, I mean, he's I'm just not giving Boone credit for playing the right version of baseball two months too late. It was pretty obvious after the first month of baseball, this team just can't hit. I mean, they got better at hitting at times, but just, they they they'll go through like these again. These like the team can't hit. Then also they go through like an eight game stretch where. The offense comes to life. They go six and two, and then they'll get shut out like for the next seven games. It's 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 just this is the worst, most like depressing Yankee season I've ever. Because at, at least when we were bad in thirteenth or sixth or quote unquote. But they were competitive. They were competitive those years. And they, they yeah those teams weren't supposed to be competitive. This team was supposed to be the clear favorite in the American League, the clear favorite, and here we are fighting for a playoff spot. Do you think, so what's the Yankees record right now? 50, 50 wins? 52 wins? Uh, I want to say it's 51 and 47 right now. Do they look like a 51 and 47 team? No, they do not. They're worse than the record says. The way they got those wins is, is impressive, to, I guess. The fact that they have this many with a team that's this bad and has no heart, no energy, and a manager that has no feel for the game. But they're not a 51 and 47 team. They are, they're pathetic. They have no heart. They have no hustle. They don't play small ball until a COVID exposure forces them to. I just I have, no, I have nothing to say. And also, before we go, I want to talk about Stanton. He was supposed to play left field this series, but the Chris Gittins injury set that back. Because a, a, th- a third string first baseman getting hurt clearly sets back. Well, well, uh, okay, okay. Who are you? Well, who, uh, who are you gonna put? Who are you gonna DH there? Because I at first I was with you, but then I was looking. Are we gonna DH Tyler Wade? Are we gonna DH Rob Brantley? Fucking. I don't care, DH. I just want to see Stan play left field. I agree. I think we should have put him in left field, put Gardner in center, then had Florio DH. His Florio. Yeah. Or, oh no, Florio didn't Where play. I want to see. I want to see this guy MVP we brought in. Biggest, one of the biggest superstars in baseball in 2017 at the time, who has not completely disappeared. Because he hides in the bench all day and gives the most meaningless at bats ever. I actually think that if you if you put him in left field, he'll care about the game more. I think it's I think it's like a it might be a weird take, but I think he's just not engaged. I, when I watch saying he's looks like a guy who's not engaged with the game. The he, spends, he spends three years on the bench. Guys used to being an MVP and making stellar plays in left field in Miami. He looks like a guy who's not engaged. He, I think we either way Salt doesn't put him in that. He definitely did. He looked very. I was saying this earlier that especially this series, he looked completely out of. And he has those stretches when he's lost the plate. He looks completely not engaged. He'll swing at anything in the dirt. And I'm not here to bash Dan. I do like him when he's hot. He's hot and like one of the best players in baseball. So I'm not gonna bash him when he's bad and then all of a sudden act like I love him when he's good. Like certain no, people I, mean, I know. I, 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 I
biggest fan hated the last two years, this year I've come around with him because I really don't think it's his fault. I think this is the player he is. This is the player Cashman knew he was. Like, outside of his MVP season where he got 290 and hit like 60 home runs almost, he's career-wise a 260 hitter, 35 home runs. Well, the thirty-five home runs, the thirty-five home runs has been. There have been a lot of seasons cut short because of injury. Shocker with him. I'm just saying he's really doing this year what he's basically done every year except for his one MVP season. It's like you really can't bash the guy batting two sixty, you know, on pace at thirty home runs. Like this, that's kind of who he is for most of his career. He did have the. He did have the one year that where he had like the thirty-eight home runs before the All Star break, then missed the rest of the year. Yeah. But, like, this is, I mean, it was a bad fit for this team. There's no reason to make that trade. They could have they could have gotten Garrett Cole that same offseason, chose not to, for whatever reason. That not getting Cole in 17, I mean, we have Cole, we probably win in 2019. I mean, anyone who watched that playoff run, like, that team was hitting. They didn't need another bat. They lost because they couldn't pitch. And they lost because they got cheated. But they, they had Tanaka and a bunch of... They had Tanaka, Severino on a bum arm, and a bunch of shoestring guys. Like, they needed pitching. And that amazing bullpen. Yeah, but it sucks. That that days of 2017, that young team, so much promise. This core that looked like they were going to win multiple championships. (coughs) It's looking like, I mean, who knows what's going to happen with this core after this year. I mean, if it was up to me, I would blow up the team. Uh, build around Stan and Cole because no one's taking on those contracts and let Floreal and Bergie, I would say Hoy Park, but you know, that was a fuck you trade by a guy who's clearly being fired and knows it, so we, you know, did a did a Larry David spite store to us. And uh I don't know I don't know. Like we're done. Also Cliff Frazier, development, like Yankees have ruined a lot of good players that we could have traded. Definitely definitely Clint Frazier, but uh, and are, uh, the, bl- bl- blowing up the team, blowing up the team, I think it's just fucking stupid. You're telling me that if we were to this trade, it's not going to win the way it's structured. I, I, I'm not. So, but you're saying bl- blow up and like saying a, a team of Florio, Embergi, Hoy Park. That team is not winning shit. This team's not winning shit anyway. Why not? I, I, I think the roster needs an overhaul, but all is but relying on Florio, Park, and and Embergi. No, that's just. Like, like, make some trades. Trade guys like Glaber or Voigt for other for other bigger names. I'm I'm fine with doing stuff like that. Get more left-handed bats in there. But like, I still want to keep Aaron Judge. I know you don't like him, but he's still one of the top players in baseball. And basically, I don't think who's giving up a haul for Aaron Judge. I think a lot of people would. He's a. Sp- I don't think so. He's gonna be 30 years old this year. He has a history of injuries. I don't think. I don't think a team's gonna break the bank. You're not gonna get a Mookie Betts package like Aaron, like the Red Sox got. I think. I think it would be stupid to trade him regardless, because I think he's still one of the he's still one of the top ten hitters in he's baseball. He's the only consistent good hitter on the team this year. I I, I, I agree with that. I, I I I disagree with blowing up the team, but I, 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 I just think like retooling the roster, yeah, but blowing it up, no. But uh, is there any other thoughts you got to give on the Yankees before I let you go? I think I got it all. I think I bent it pretty hard. I thought this was healthy for my development as a Yankees fan. And um, hopefully this time next year we have uh, Buck Showalter, Carlos Beltran, Posada managing, and Theo Epstein. 
what's he been up to? I would not mind getting him as GM. <laughs> Anyways, butters, it was great having you on, man. Uh, we'll have you. I'll have you on more during football season to talk Giants. Yeah. Hopefully, that's more positive for us. But it's free agency coming up as well. We'll see. I'll talk to you later, butters. Take care. Good night, my man. Thank you. And that was Justin Butterman. So yeah. Uh, some of his points I disagree with. Other points I do agree with. I think Boone has to fucking go. Cashman, I give him credit for some moves, but if this team misses the playoffs, you've got to let go of Cashman. He's just as fault, just as much as fault as Aaron Boone. Uh, don't agree with blowing up the roster. I think that's very extreme, and, you know, a lot of it in Bergie Park and Florio is not going to be very good, but do agree with this roster needs to make some major changes. You know, try to maybe... Uh, I'm not even going to try to get any of these changes the roster needs to make until the offseason, whatever. Uh, hopefully this, like I said, hopefully this team can make the playoffs. Doesn't look like one. Uh, not going to give up just yet, but it's been tough. It's been tough for the Yankees. Uh, I want to, again, thank Justin for coming on, and I want to thank all you guys for listening. Remember, go check out the Bird's Eye View podcast on Instagram for all my latest episode releases. The, go follow the J Bird's Eye View on Twitter for all my latest live reactions to games. Thank you, everybody, and have a great rest of your day.